it's also brave to wear nothing but your instrument. I think that <laughs> is a other That's level true. of bravery that to, we should celebrate. To have your rebooty out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty brave. Free the rebooty. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Ormapa, Damian Vonderhaar, and Curtis Calaward all ask how you would compare San Diego Comic-Con to Star Wars Celebration and what our favorite announcements were. Uh, so this was our first time at San Diego Comic-Con. A lot of people were surprised to learn that when we were out there. Uh, we'd never been to San Diego, never been to Comic-Con, so that was fun. It was just a new experience, and... Uh, the biggest difference between going to Celebration and going to Comic-Con is that it's not all about Star Wars all the time. That what? took That took a weird little adjustment for me, How which I knew they? that going in. But I was like, it's just weird to see ads for anything else here. Yeah, it, it the scale of it just felt so much bigger. I mean, Star Wars Celebration is big, and there's a ton of, peop- ton of people there, but this was bigger. More people. Like, people of all fandoms. It's interesting going to the booths, like shopping was very different, where a lot of the Star Wars Celebration booths, it's like, yeah, a lot of action figures, a lot of trading cards, but it's all Star Wars all the time. Molly got real excited when she realized she could buy Buffy stuff there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Then I was like on the hunt. <laughs> yep. And and that was just cool. It, it was cool to be able to look and browse at stuff that we generally don't get to because we don't do a ton of cons Mm -hmm. uh we do dragon con every year but that's more of like a cosplay party convention you can shop there but it's not front and center the way it is at comic-con we've been going to dragon con since like 2007 or 8 or 9 i think 2009 something like that and so and that's just in our hometown so that's kind of why we started going to that and it has become a tradition. Celebration, obviously, we're there to like cover Star Wars stuff for the channel. So other conventions, we just never really made it to because we, we didn't have a specific reason to go there. Except for GCX, which except we're going to be there next weekend if you're in the Orlando area. <laughs> and except for like when we're going to be on a panel or doing a meet and greet, stuff like that, um, which we're, we're just starting to expand our horizons a little bit <laughs> for conventions. So maybe we'll go to more i'd love to go to new york comic-con yeah uh rtx we we have done rtx once in austin yeah we've well, we, no we've done rtx a couple times uh we did pax east once there, there are some cons we've been to but our our regular ones that i would say we're comparing comic-con to our celebration and dragon con yeah um but it, it was far more chill for us i will say Mm -hmm. than either dragon con or celebration we kind of just got to do whatever we wanted to do we did have uh two panels we went to the lucasfilm publishing panel and the outlaws panel and then we also had some interviews set up uh got to interview the high republic authors ek johnston and then we got to interview some of the devs for outlaws Mm -hmm. so uh, work-wise, we still had work to do, but it wasn't like nonstop the way Celebration or even Dragon Con can be. Yeah, it felt really nice to just be able to walk around and look at everything, do some shopping. We we didn't really go look into going to any other panels, but we could have, like we had the time to. Uh, but 
I was more interested in spending money. We spent a lot of time on <laughs> on the floor. Uh, but also one thing that's similar to all the cons is that we, we got to meet some people, including Curtis, who asked uh, this question. So that's always fun. Yeah. And it felt a little bit easier, a little less hectic. Like I, sometimes I always feel bad at celebration when we're like, can you walk and talk with us? But this time we were just like, hey, we can just stand here and chat for a while. It's easy. Yeah. We got to... <laughs> We got to like leave the convention center a few times and just go grab lunch or grab coffee and kind of go back and forth. That whole area was really cool. Like the, the gas lamp mm-hmm. district, is that what it's called? Um, super... I kept wanting to call it the gaslight district, but that's something way worse. You no, don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time you're there, people are telling you it doesn't actually exist. Right. It's very weird. Uh, Yeah. But it was just cool to see. It was it kind of felt like a Bourbon Street yeah. vibe where everyone's they had all the tr- streets over there closed and everyone's just kind of walking around hanging out. So it was really fun. Well, what was your favorite thing that we saw there? Favorite bit of news, which honestly mm-hmm. I don't think we kept up with any news outside of Star Wars. So like we're gonna be boring here, but <laughs> we're probably just gonna give Star Wars answers. I mean. The Outlaws panel was fun. They didn't really announce anything super new. Like, we got a few new tidbits during the interviews, which we ended up doing before the panel. So I guess the the High Republic panel, when we were learning a little bit more about some of the comics, like the Dark Droids comic mm-hmm. sounded pretty cool. Um, just the Phase 3 teases. We're going to talk about High Republic in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, there wasn't a ton of... St- new shocking stuff announced but the little tidbits that we did get were cool and mark thompson read uh an excerpt from the newest certain point of view book that gave me chills that was really fun seeing him dip in and out of obi-wan kenobi and luke skywalker and his narrator voice uh that was really neat yeah i I was gonna say the outlaws panel i just really enjoyed being in a a big San Diego Comic-Con room. That that alone was just a fun experience. I've seen them on YouTube before or streamed, but to be in the panel was really fun and I liked the details that came out about it. Uh I'm I liked the behind the scenes video that was shown, so yeah. And you uh, got to live my, tweet it. Uh-huh. So that that was my favorite part of the con, I think. Actually, I'll rewind that a little bit because I did enjoyed the panel but my that that was my favorite news but my favorite part of the con was getting to interview uh navid and julian and matt martin that was just a fun time to be able to sit down and speak with all of them they were all super nice super energetic uh they were open to some of our goofier questions which like (laughs) we knew questions about uh how they made a sexy droid would hopefully Uh, be taken in amusement and they were very happy to hear questions like that and to just goof around a little bit (laughs) i i can understand you know some of the higher ups in lucasfilm frowning upon people within the company referring to it as a sexy droid they know what they did there's probably something not allowed there but but we can call them a sexy droid all day long (laughs) they they were open to talking about it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Breno Lira wants to know if there are any books or comics that fans should read to prepare for Star Wars Outlaws. 
And uh, that, that was one of the questions I asked them was that I knew that they couldn't really answer, uh, but they still ruled with it. I asked if there would be ties to the comics and the storylines set in the underworld uh, around the same time as Star Wars Outlaws. And they had to dance around an actual answer, but I think that there is a good chance, you know, even if there aren't direct ties to these comics, it's going to be fun to read them to prepare, and it'll be good to know this stuff, but the the Kira trilogy of comics that started with War of the Bounty Hunters and then went into Crimson Reign and the Hidden Empire, um, those are all about bounty hunters first, but then Kira kind of sparks this criminal underworld war where all the syndicates are fighting one another for more and more power so i i think that that's gonna really up the stakes for k and or the player in deciding who they want to ally themselves with who they want to build reputation with and knowing that in the comics all of these syndicates are kind of at each other's throats and it 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 will feel like a big deal to betray one of them in favor of another there was uh, the video that came out today, which is Thursday, for those of you watching this on Saturday, was talking about a comic about uh, Zori's mother. Yeah, so that was, I- I'm kind of digging into that. So that was about the Yashiga clan that is the main criminal syndicate on Kojimi in the game. And I was like, huh, kind of thought that would be the Spice Runners of Kojimi. Um, but there was a comic that came out, I think, a week ago at this point. It was Alex Segura's Rebellion issue of Return of the Jedi, that collection. And there was just a mention of how uh, Zori's grandmother had died, passing leadership on to Zeva Bliss, Mm -hmm. Zori's mother. And so I was like, oh, maybe the Ashiga clan is like making some big plays, assassinating members of the Spice Runners. I don't know that for sure. It might all just be a weird coincidence. But it, the fact that it's like Kajimi related, sort of adjacent to that that kind of stuff, I, I think it's worth checking out. Right. I, I mean, even little things like that, that again, they might not tie directly into the game. I might be totally wrong on my theory, but still it's fun to see that stuff and speculate and fill in the gaps that we might not have in the story. Audrey asks what we think of the new High Republic reveals and what we hope to see in Phase 3. I really enjoyed learning more about Shadow of Starlight. That's a Charles Soule's comic that's going to be, I think, four issues that will fill in that year gap between Phases 1 and 3. Um, I don't know, what was your favorite little tidbit from the publishing panel? I mean, just knowing that we are getting a, a new Buryaga story was nice i think we might have already known that but well we knew about tales of light and life the book yeah but we didn't know that one of these shadow of starlight issues would be about bell and bury i think yeah i don't know like it it all happened so quickly during the panel and again it was kind of stuff that had already been announced stuff that wasn't like a huge uh reveal but i mean i'm just excited to get back to some of those characters that we read about in phase one. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at with the High Republic is that they're they're mostly just teasing phase three and what's to come. I think we've had enough announcements of the 
stories. So this panel, they showed off a lot of covers and some new art. The covers looked great. Um, the Children of the Storm, which is something coming in Kevin Scott's mainline comic, uh, that looked interesting. It was like someone with a mask and pointy ears. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's got one of the nameless with him. Uh, don't know anything about him, but we got the chance to interview the authors and uh, asked Kevin directly about that, and he said he wouldn't tell me anymore, which <laughs> is exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the stuff is just very cool teases. I liked the, the, the first issue of that comic, has Keeve on it. It very much mirrors the first issue of the first series of High Republic, uh, which it looks similar, but just a little darker and scarier. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to get back to Vernestra Rose storyline. I feel like the way we left off with her, it's really exciting to, to continue with now what she knows. When this video is out, the Q&A comes out on Saturday, the day before... I'm going to have my review out, non-spoiler review for Tales of Light and Life and the High Republic author interview. That'll be out already. But Tales of Light and Life was a good read, and it was a really great just tease and hype up collection for Phase 3 to get. There's a Vernestra Rose story that I was like, that's not where I thought she would be right now. Mm. That was unexpected. Um, the the Bell and Burry story ram's story that one caught me off guard it was like it's daniel jose wilder's story about all the younglings and their padawans and i was like oh this will be fun and lighthearted." and (laughs) it was but also like just sucker punches you with emotions uh that it's a good collection and if you're if you're out september 5th okay so yeah we we got an early copy at comic-con uh but uh, yeah i haven't read it yet but i'm excited to the the Stories about the Phase 1 characters especially were really good, and just I, I missed them all. But also the Marta story was very, very good. Today's video is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. And did you know HelloFresh offers more than just delicious dinners? It's now easier than ever to skip that extra grocery store run by adding snacks, sides, and more to your weekly order. Simply shop the HelloFresh market and take your pick from a curated selection over 100 items. If you're looking to eat well this summer, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan dinners to choose from. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavorful recipes that leave you feeling satisfied. Molly and I use HelloFresh to save time and money grocery shopping. We love cooking dinner together, but our schedule is often busy and chaotic, whether we're covering a trailer that dropped unexpectedly or streaming in the evenings or traveling to a convention. HelloFresh offers delicious meals with fresh ingredients that we can make and enjoy in about 15 minutes. Go to HelloFresh.com slash StarWars50 and use code StarWars50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash StarWars50 with the code StarWars50 to get 50% off plus free free shipping. Framed Citizen wants to know if any Star Wars characters won big money by betting on Anakin in the Boonta Eve. Uh, fun question. I couldn't really think of anyone that would be there, so, like, not a, a known character. Maybe Weasel, Warwick's character, mm-hmm. uh, that also becomes uh, a member of the Cloud Runners? Cloud Rider. Cloud Riders. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm losing is, it in my old age. This is my channel now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you know, the people that are with the infist, infist bird person, whatever. <laughs> I, <laughs> they're on the bikes. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, I imagine someone out there, maybe, maybe they're older, uh, maybe their eyesight isn't as good and like they went to check the box for someone and they they checked the wrong box they checked anakin's box on accident and they won big money you know i did just have a thought i think ben quadaneros probably won big money on anakin he was the only person besides anakin that didn't start the race so i think ben was like i believe in this kid and then when he saw that his pod didn't start, he was like, well, I can't beat him. I bet too much. So he he purposefully blew his power coupling. So wait, when would he have bet on him? Before the race. I assume you can bet on the races yourself. <laughs> Maybe. It was a shady, shady deal that Ben Quaterneros was involved in. Yeah. And then he threw the race. I I mean, I, I kind of hope Kitster's, uh, someone Kitster was with at the time was like that kid's got it what <laughs> do you mean like kidster bet on him maybe him or like one of his friends i do think in legends uh kidster got some of anakin's winnings yes. I, I i feel like that happened i was gonna say kidster's family and then i was like is he his family there <laughs> i assume so i assume he's in a similar position as anakin okay don't worry, Kitster gets off of Tatooine in, I know. in the comics. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kitster and Wald are I, okay. They're still they're, they still go through some rough stuff in the comics, but yeah. <laughs> they're off Tatooine. I also like the idea of yeah, just a Jawa, maybe not kind of like checking the wrong box. Mm-hmm. A Jawa just being like, I want to bet, and chooses Anakin, wins big. There's a rich Jawa out there somewhere. Yeah, just living it up. What's the name of the one that dies tragically in the race? Rats Tyrell. Yeah. Well, Rats Tyrell's whole family was there, so I'm hoping one of them bet on Anakin. One of the babies. And won money. Hopefully it. Uh, hopefully it was the mother. Yeah. Uh, just like, uh, Rats, I love you, but uh, I'm going to bet on this kid. And then, yeah, they. <laughs> it was a very tragic day for them, but... Still, they walked away rich. They they had a an extravagant funeral for him. Leftist Hominid asks if Jedi could retire. Yeah, kinda. Uh, there was a, a High Republic comic that showed like a retirement community for Jedi. It, it's like a ship that needs to get evacuated. It's a story about uh, buckets of blood and Cantum Psy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we see like a retirement home for Jedi. I mean, they just end up wandering the temple, right? Because we, I mean, Yoda just kept getting jobs. (laughs) They (laughs) were like, give him the younglings to train. It's like, I I think Yoda was probably someone who just didn't want to retire. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to keep on doing this. But if if a Jedi so chose, they could go. Maybe maybe they didn't stay on the ship forever. Maybe it was just like, I'm going to go take a little old person vacation. And, you know, Master Snoobay was was always kind of around. And that's like... What was he doing all the time? I wanted to tell some jokes about Jedi, like, using the Force to affect the bingo game or something. (laughs) (laughs) Because I would like to see what shenanigans uh, old Jedi got up to. How do you police that? (laughs) Yeah, we, we make a lot of jokes about how hard it would be to control a Force-sensitive toddler, but 
a, uh, a full-on ship full of old Jedi. Cranky old Jedi. Uh-huh, just messing with each other. And yeah. I, I think that's a fun story as well. Um, but Grandpa, a... I think it's about time for you to be one with the Force, right? <laughs> I don't need my Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think that there's this question of, can a Jedi really retire? Like, could they fully hang up the lightsaber in the robes? Or would they always feel the call to continue serving and helping people in need? I think they can retire, but, you know, it would probably be an instance where they want to go off to a Jedi temple somewhere and retire there. Like, they'd still be at a Jedi temple, but they would be spending the rest of their days, you know, meditating, ha- taking care of a garden. And and that's kind of where we see Porter Ingle in Light of the Jedi. He's like, I'm just going to chill at the Elfrona outpost. Yeah. That's where I live. I cook, and that's all I do. But then the second the Nile show up, he's like, never mind. And he turns <laughs> it back on, yeah. and he immediately becomes scary again. He becomes that character in every... 90s action movie that was about to retire yeah. and now is going to come out of retirement. One last job. <laughs> one last ride. And, and then in the next book, we see him like riding on the outside of a vector around the Battle of Valo. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know that a Jedi can fully retire. I think they can take a break here or there, but the Force might just call him back in. Mm. Joe Costa didn't knew wants to know if Lars Mikkelsen looks too evil to play a nuanced villain like Thrawn. First of all, hello. It was nice to meet you at Comic-Con, another uh, person we met out there, and we're happy to meet because we recognized your screen name. Yeah. Um, So. Do you think Lars looks too evil? First of all, no, because Lars on stage at Star Wars Celebration didn't look evil at all. He was... We had a little, like, hat on. (laughs) 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 If Thrawn just has, like, a tiny little hat. Yeah, what is this? Well, a little newspaper newspaper hat is that what those are called? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know what those hats are called. But <laughs> it's impossible to look evil if you were in a tiny hat. <laughs> I I don't think he looks too evil. A lot of people were saying that he looks like he who shall not be named, who is now in charge of the ex bird <laughs> social media site. Uh, but I I don't think that, and I don't think he looks too evil. Well. I don't really think that, first of all, I, so Lars doesn't look evil on his own. He can look evil when he's playing villains. And, and he, he has, has, I mean, he's got four. glowing red eyes. Right. It's kind of hard not to <laughs> be a little evil. I also don't think the show is going to treat him that nuanced. Like, that always, especially as we're rewatching Star Wars Rebels, like, Thrawn is a villain, in Star Wars Rebels, and I think they're going to continue that trend in Ahsoka. He will be the villain. I don't think they're going to get into his motivations behind joining the Galactic Empire and rising all the way to be a Grand Admiral. I don't think the show is going to get into that. I think he's just going to be the the force of evil <laughs> in this story. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably be a little more soft-spoken, you'll be able to tell that he's a lot more thoughtful in his processes. But I, yeah, I don't know how much more nuanced 
they can make him he, in live action. He's more nuanced than Palpatine, which, I mean, he is like the least nuanced, uh, at least when he's in full on Emperor. Like, I'm an evil dark wizard. He and walks it's, around like this. <laughs> yeah, there's no mistaking when Emperor Palpatine is evil. Uh, Senator Palpatine, that's a different story. Yeah, uh, but, and his puppy sleeves. Right. <laughs> but when he takes control of the Galactic Empire, then he's like, I don't need to be nuanced anymore. I'm going to be the evil dark wizard all the time. Yeah. Uh, so Thrawn is more nuanced than that. But still, with his motivations, even in the books, it's like, yeah, you learn why he's doing what he's doing, but he's still doing terrible things in the name of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Like, he wants to protect the Chiss. Cool motive, still murder. Like, that's, I, we just talked about that the other day, I think, for our Rebels Season 3 rewatch. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Thrawn is... He, he was a good person, I think, that made a deal with the devil and it corrupted him. And I, I just don't think the show is going to be super nuanced with how they treat him. I think he's just going to be bad. I do hope, though, that we have a Superman situation where instead of glasses, when Thrawn puts the hat on, everyone's like, where's Thrawn? <laughs> yeah, who's this very nice man in Where front is of me? he? Yeah. <laughs> Garrett8707 asks, if Yoda appears in live action again, should he be a puppet or CGI? That's an interesting question. Puppet all day, air day. And and we're talking more, I think, if he popped up in a prequel story or the Acolyte. Because like we did see him in The Last Jedi, and he was the puppet. But it is interesting that at this point, he is more associated with the CG model in the prequel era mm -hmm. than he is the puppet. And I, I'm curious to know how they would go. Here's the thing, though. The world has gotten so used to Grogu being a puppet, mostly. Like, there's some action shots of him that are, like, they have some help from computers. Uh, Although so some of the action shots are just like, we threw the puppet. Right. <laughs> and I think going forward, they would absolutely try to do the same with Yoda. I, yeah, I can't decide. I could absolutely see them going either way. I think I would like them to try the puppet. Let's let's say if he shows up in the Acolyte and we get hot young Yoda, then <laughs> I, I think... Hot young Yoda. I, I think we... Is that on his license plate? Uh, it's actually Babe Yoda. It's not Baby <laughs> Yoda. Babe Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Common misconception. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think I'd like to see them try for the puppet i won't yeah. be upset either way but it, it's an interesting choice that i think they would have to make even the you can find images online of the episode one yoda puppet and it looks a little scary but i think it still would have worked and like people will get over it eventually it also depends on probably what he would do because if he was like I'm Yoda and I'm fighting just like I was in Attack of the Clones and Return of the or Revenge of the Sith. Then yeah. they might not just throw a puppet around like they do with Grogu. Right. And <laughs> so I, maybe just a mixture yeah. of, of the two. Yeah. And like sometimes I prefer Yoda not fighting. Like just the words that he says is enough. He doesn't have to flip around and and fight. Calm down, Yoda. You're going to hurt your back. Old. 
To close out today's Q&A, we thought it would be fun to start going through these conversation cards, uh, which were all written by our friend Kelly Knox, and uh, follow her on Twitter or whatever it's calling itself now today. All the socials. Kelly just... is still posting very good Star Wars puns on her Twitter or X or whatever. Uh, but uh, Star Wars Inside Editions sent us this collection of her cards, and they're they're just questions to ask one another. Yeah, so conversation gonna, cards. Yeah, conversation cards. So For dinner parties, movie marathons, and more. Perfect. So <laughs> Molly's got a question. I haven't seen it yet, and we'll... <clears throat> We'll discuss it. All right. The question is, who do you think is the bravest character in Star Wars? The bravest? Mm. I mean, you know my mind is going to jump to Biggs, but I'm going to try to dig deeper. I mean... He was part of a mutiny. He was part of the Galactic (laughs) Empire, and he mutinied, and he got out of there. And then in the Death Star Trench, Wedge left. Wedge had to go, and Biggs probably knew what was going to happen next and he stayed and he helped save the galaxy okay is that your answer i'll I'll try to think of a non-basic <laughs> answer all right but <laughs> i i mean the first thing that popped into my head was grogu because he's my brave little boy see we're just we're, we're both being very basic i have a better answer uh zet jukasa mm. that kid jumps in and is like i'm gonna save the day right now yeah. right i mean he gets taken out for, uh, but, fairly I mean, quickly but uh, he was still being brave very brave he was uh he helped save bail i yeah in a way i don't know that they were gonna <laughs> shoot bail <laughs> they were just asking him to leave but still uh he was brave he jumped in and was really good ready for action okay here's another dumb one that's also kind of basic for me but max rebo i think there's a bravery there to be on Jabba's sail barge and to narrowly escape death and be like, you know, the last job I had, the last musical gig I played, I almost exploded. And to get back on that horse, <laughs> to go back to music, that shows passion. Yeah. That shows bravery. Music and then is... that place blew up too. So if he's in a third spot and he's still performing, so brave. So brave. I mean, it's also brave to wear nothing but your instrument. I think that is an other <laughs> level true. of bravery that to, we should celebrate. To have your rebooty out all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty brave. Free the rebooty. I have another thought. Uh, just kind of trying to go backwards through stories that have been told recently. And I really liked R5-D4's arc in The Mandalorian Season 3, which he is very cowardly through a lot of it. Uh, but as Ned Stark said... That's the only time you can be brave is when you are afraid. So mm. he he continues to do what is asked of him, and then he, he even fights off those mouse droids. Yeah, in the in the season finale, he is the brave little toaster of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm imagining instead of his like motivator shooting out like slice of bread, a little slice of toast. <laughs> That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, Instagram, (laughs) TikTok, and Facebook. Did I say all of them? Just search Star Wars Explained on your social media of choice. Yeah. (laughs) As always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.
Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.